More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, Martha, Martha. Are you resentful because it seems like everything is up to you? Let us help you choose the better part. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. Today on More to Life, Martha, Martha, as we talk about... Those times when we feel resentful because everything is up to us or falling on our shoulders. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. You know, sometimes we feel like we are in a one-sided relationship, you know, where we are just expected to do everything or drop everything for that person when they need something but we can't seem to count on them in the same way to be there for us. Or we are the person in the household who does all the things, and even when we ask for help, it doesn't happen. And it can be really frustrating. And then we remember that verse um, from Scripture, you know, where Mary and Martha are, are tending to the Lord, and, you know, Martha's running around trying to get everything together, and she, she gets frustrated because Mary isn't helping her out, and Martha finally breaks down and says, Jesus, will you please just tell her to help me? <laughs> and Jesus is like, nope. Not <laughs> <laughs> That's a paraphrase. That's a bit We're of all paraphrase. Like, well, we'll, so we'll like, unpack that. Am I just supposed to do everything and suck it up? I mean, what? <laughs> What does it mean? You know, so we're asking you to call it. We want to talk about that today on More to Life. 877-573-7825. Do you feel like you're in a one-sided relationship with somebody in your life? Whether it's you feel like they're always or you're always there when they need a listening ear or a helping hand, but you can't count on them to be there for you. Or you're tired of being the only one who reaches out or is concerned about maintaining the relationship. You know, maybe you're frustrated because you're the only one who stays on top of the responsibilities or chores, or you're the one who, because you're so responsible, ends up getting all the extra work dumped on you. Or you just feel resentful that you can't get the help or support from others, even when you ask for it. Let's help you stop feeling used and stop feeling like it's all up to you. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five. Well, and I want to be clear here. If you're getting stuck with all the chores, all the stuff, all the emotional labor, all the physical labor, whether that's at home or at work or, you know, in your, your caregiving across the entire extended family, we're about that today. But we're also about 
the idea of are you doing all the heavy lifting in the relationship? Are you the one always pursuing a relationship with your partner, with your siblings, with your children, whether they're small or whether they are adult children, and you're always the one saying, hey, let's get together, let's do this. If you're the one pursuing a relationship or trying to get your siblings invested in having a relationship with your parents who need care and attention from all of you, not just you, all of this can be worked out today, given some good skills, and have grace brought into it. Because as we see, and we'll go through this scripture as we go through the show, the re- God, Jesus didn't just go, nope, <laughs> to Martha. He really focused on the idea of Mary had chosen relationship with him over all the stuff that had to get done. Now, I'm sure he really appreciated when Martha presented a dinner, fed him and all the people were that were there paying attention to Jesus and visiting with Jesus. But it was the anxiety around getting it all done. It was the anxiety that was forcing out relationship over all the stuff that Jesus was saying. Mary chose the better part here. She's sitting at my feet. She's having a relationship. Let's, let's balance this out. So do you want more balance in your life? Are you, you thinking there's got to be some way to get people to buy in to your needs as well as you buying into all of their needs? Are you just feeling exhausted maybe even after last night's big game? And did you finish that game extra late? And turn around and look at your house and say, okay, I hosted everybody here and now I'm stuck with the mess and the dishes and all the stuff that has to be cleaned up right before a Monday morning. Wherever you're at with this, if you need some support in not being the only one who does the things in a situation or relationship in your life, let us help you out today. Give us a call at 877 573 7825. That's 877 573 7825. Also, if you are listening to the More to Life podcast later in the day, you can send us your questions via email. That address is questions at what is it? Questions at more to more life, to life radio. Radio.com. It's a Monday. One. Oh, it is a Monday Ooh. after a very late night. <laughs> Let's try that again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Eric. Questions at more to life radio.com. We'd love to get your questions either way, but we love hearing your voice, so give us a call 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And for folks who aren't aware of what that is, uh, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections that looked at how we can discover God's plan for leading a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships by prayerfully contemplating God's design of creation, especially our bodies. The theology of the body reminds us of the importance of self-giving, of using our gifts and talents to generously work for the good of others. But the theology of the body also reminds us that for relationships to be healthy, they must be mutually self-giving. That is, both people in the relationship must be equally committed to giving all they have to work for each other's good. 
Even Jesus models this. He offers all of himself to us on the cross. He holds back nothing. But he doesn't force himself on us. For us to actually benefit from Christ's free and total gift of self, we must respond by giving ourselves freely and totally back to him. He doesn't drag us kicking and screaming into heaven against our will. He stands at the door and knocks. But it's up to us to open the door and let him in. Yeah, you know, God didn't create us to thrive in one-sided relationships. While it's always important to be generous to others, and we should avoid keeping score or, you know, avoid having a tit-for-tat attitude, we do have a God-given right to expect that in the big picture, the love, service, respect that we offer others should be returned. Likewise, we have a right to raise concerns with the expectation that we'll be heard when we feel that we're either being taken advantage of or that too much of the effort to either do a certain task or maintain the relationship is being left to us and us alone. So there is a bit of discernment that goes into this whole question. Um, But generally speaking, you know, we do have a right to at least raise the issue, raise the concerns, and if those concerns aren't being attended to, sometimes make a little bit more of a fuss about it, um, so that we can make sure that our relationships are, are the mutually self-giving relationships that Jesus models for us and St. John Paul reminds us of in the Theology of the Body. So if you are in a one-sided relationship with somebody in your life, you know whether that's one-sided because you feel like you're always there when they need a listening ear or a helping hand, but you can't count on them to be there for you. Or maybe it's because you feel like you're the only one who's constantly reaching out or pursuing this person, uh, making the phone calls, asking for the you know the the dates, uh, the you know the, the the times out, whatever. Or maybe you're frustrated because you're the only one who stays on top of the responsibilities or chores, or you're the one who, because you're so responsible ends up getting all the extra work dumped on you, 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. And let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the the Father, Father, the the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence And we thank you for this time to spend with you. And we bring to you those relationships where we feel like we're giving and giving and not getting anything back. Those times when we feel that we are there for the other person, but they can't be bothered to be there for us. Those times when we ask for help from others with a particular task or chore or responsibilities, and it ends up falling to us anyway. Those times when we are the only ones who are pursuing a relationship, and we feel lonelier in the relationship than we do outside of it. We ask you to help us to know how to respond to those situations so that we can celebrate the mutually self-giving relationships that you model for us and that your servant St. John Paul calls us to live out so that We can be generous as you call us to be, but not in a way that works against our well-being or the well-being of others, but in a way that inspires others to give all of themselves back to us so that we can create true communion here on earth 
a communion that anticipates the communion we'll be celebrating in all of eternity in heaven. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name of the, the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, Martha, Martha, are, are you feeling resentful because you're in a relationship that seems a little one-sided? Like, it, like the other person is either leaving it all up to you or leaving it to you to pursue the relationship or all the other things I was just saying. If, if so, give us a call. Let's talk it out together and find what the healthy, grace-filled response might be. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Let's talk now with Maria, who's listening to EWTN Radio on Covenant Radio in Missouri. Hey, Maria, welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. Well, I was listening. What can we do for you? And I feel like I you checked off all my boxes, but I'd have to rear to the more important one, which would probably be my spouse relationship. Been married for I uh, fourteen years together for sixteen. And I went the longest time without saying anything. And just in the past year, I started to express my dismay about having to do everything and being in, and not being involved. You know, if I don't put it on the calendar or, and remind constantly, then it doesn't happen. Uh, and it's trickling like what, down what, to my children. What kinds know? of things are we talking about? Are we talking about, like, how, like, can you give me some examples of what you mean there? So, I mean, just even with us having a relationship, going out, conversations, we're kind of like sliding doors that, you know, talk about the mandatory things, and that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> planning events for the kids, anything like that. There's just no interest. It's like, where I got to be, tell me, I'll be there. Mm. And how old are your children, Maria? Um, five, eight. 11 and 13. Wow. So you really are are having to balance the needs of four dependent children who should be dependent on you and need you to nurture them and plan everything and teach them how to do that. And a full grown husband who should be doing some of this for himself and for you and the kids. Is that right? Yeah. And I had worked full time up until last year, but I just was basically almost losing it. So I resigned mm. from my corporate position because I couldn't do everything. <laughs> I no, didn't even know how I, I did it. So, so you said you started addressing with this him, starting to address this with him in the last year, but you'd been silent up until then. Is that correct? Pretty much. And how how yeah, how I was have supposed to be doting and not complain? Okay. okay, and so tell me, you know, since you've been addressing it, can you give me an example of how you've tried to address it and what happens when you do? Um, well, we tried counseling, and we did that maybe one or two times, and that just didn't go well because we have a real hard time conversing. Um, I'm, I, well, I, that wasn't what I was getting at, but but I'm, I'm uh, but I'm curious. I'm curious about what you meant there. What, I mean, isn't that the point of staying in counseling? What, what I don't I don't understand why you left after one or two times. Well, he wasn't interested in it, but I continued on. Well, of course he's not. Of course he's not interested in it because he's getting everything he wants in other relationships. So yeah, you're you're, you're like you know he's he's just comfy cozy, and suddenly you're saying you know we're gonna we're gonna take a you know ice swimming. You know, yeah, it's just such yeah. a shift to him. He's going to be like, no, thank you. I don't want so to do ice swimming. You can't you, make me. When you bring the concern directly to him, what happens? Um, he says, you know, okay, or thanks for sharing. 
but nothing's changed in the last year. And I'm getting tired, so now I'm thinking I should just be quiet again. No, definitely not. All right, so... so yeah, because, so and look. I will say this, mm-hmm. you know, woman to woman here, or, and this, I'm sorry, this goes the, the opposite way, too. Men can hit up against the same kind of wall with their spouses as well. So when we say, this is exhausting, I haven't seen any movement in the attempts that I've made, I'll just go back to my passive pattern. What happens is we've opened the door to a lifetime of resentment that will grow over time and grow as a cancer. So the last thing you want to do is be quiet about your needs and and what your needs express in terms of where this marriage should be rightly in God's eyes. So I get so here's the dynamic that I get, all right? So you were raised in a way that said it was up to the mo- it was up to the woman to take care of everything and he was raised in a way that, that said it was up to the woman to take care of everything. <laughs> Okay, and so neither one of you has the skills to really know what to do about this. Not your so, fault. So when it's you, just your experience. So when you bring it up to him and he says, oh, thanks, you know, he's not getting angry, it doesn't sound like. He's not saying, um, you know, uh, heck with you, I'm not going to do it. Um, he's saying, okay, thanks for sharing, which means either he's stonewalling you or he doesn't genuinely doesn't know what to do. And you know, I'm going to start with, because, because when you hear the sound of hoofbeats, you should always look for horses before zebras, right? So I'm going to start with the most innocent explanation and assume that he doesn't know what to do. And he doesn't particularly want to do anything about it, but he doesn't know what to do. So when you raise the complaint to him, he's like, yeah, all right, so what are we going to do about this? Um, on, a, on a simple practical level, I, I want you to insist on a regular, I would like it to be a daily meeting. I would like the two Absolutely. of you. Absolutely. I, I, I think you need to insist. And this is a hill you die on. This is, this is a, a fight that you fight until it happens, okay? Um, that there's a daily meeting, whether that's the night before or the morning of, and you sit down and you talk about what is going on in each of your days and how you're going to work together on certain things. And I understand you are raising four children. That looks like a very hard thing to do. This is something that you can do you know, when you wake up in the morning before you open the bedroom door to the rest of the world and handling the kids. This can be, okay, you know, we've finished dinner, kids go off and do your thing for 15, 20 minutes, dad and I have, get a chance to catch up for the day. You figure out where it's going to be, but the task you have to focus on right now, Maria, while you think you have to handle every task, is scheduling this meeting together and making it happen. All right. And, and you're ta- what you're talking about is what, you just share each of you what's going on in your day, and then you talk about what do we need to do to actually show up for each other and be a partner and help each other with these things. And, and it's going to be really hard for you because, number one, you might feel like you're dragging him there. Number two, you might feel like he should just know. Um, he's not. You know, you were raised to take everything, and he was raised to be taken care of. Uh, and, and so neither of you has the skills to really be partners to each other. And it's really okay for you to not only put out what your needs are, but to tutor him in how to meet those needs. Now, you're, you're going to be resentful about that because, well, why do I have to do everything? Uh, well, I mean, honestly, because this is the marriage you've got. And honest, if you left him and you married somebody else tomorrow, you'd end up in the same pot because y- you don't know how to assert yourself. So this is actually good for both of you. Now, to the marriage counseling thing, you need to insist that he goes back to marriage counseling. And, you know, I hear this all the time. Well, we went to one or two sessions and it didn't work. Well, why didn't it work? Well, because he didn't want to do it. Well, of course he didn't want to do it because it was going to change the relationship. He's getting everything taken care of. Why would he want to change that? You need to insist that he's going to be there because you need to learn how to insist on partnership. You know, you don't know how to assert yourself and say, I- I'm a person who deserves to be treated like a person. Uh, and so this, even though you're going to resent the heck out of doing it, y- you need to do it because you don't know how. 
right? So I, I don't I don't want you to back up and, and be quiet because that's not helping you grow as the woman of God that you need to be, that a prophetic woman of God saying, I'm a person who deserves to be treated like a person. And it's not helping your husband learn how to be somebody who is self-giving. Um, so, so just being quiet isn't working for either of your good. Um, and leaving the relationship isn't going to help anything because you don't have the skills to make another relationship work. So we'll make this one work um, by, by, by being more assertive and insisting on the daily meeting where you're coming up with a daily plan for how you're going to learn to work together and be partners. And number two, getting back into counseling, either with the counselor you're working with. Hopefully that person is a, a marriage-friendly therapist who's actually trained in marriage counseling. There are lots of therapists who are individual therapists who, who quote-unquote, also see couples. Their success rate is miserable. It's about 30%. Um, but when you work with somebody who's actually trained in marriage and family therapy, it gets up to 90%. So make sure you're working with somebody who, who does know how to do that. We uh, do also do a lot of this work through the Pastoral Solutions Institute where we help couples like you guys figure out what it really means to be partners in a Catholic relationship and, and really live out that Catholic vision of love in your relationship. So if you're looking for more faithful support that way, you can always reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. But I, 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 whatever you do, Maria, please don't just go back to being quiet because you're, you're, you're slitting your own throat and you're not helping your husband. And you're certainly not, it's, it, the two of you aren't setting a good example for your children for what a healthy, self-giving relationship exactly. looks like. We have to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about one-sided relationships. How do we deal with them effectively and gracefully? We'll also be joined by Jacob flores Potchak, a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com, who'll be sharing some insights on how to respond in those situations. Stick around. More coming up after the break. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, Teach Me to Pray, the free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord, Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything? even things you don't believe in, there are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I said to the churches one day, what do you think you're going to look like in heaven? Oh, some of them had absolutely magnificent ideas. I didn't think of one of them. And so I got desperate because then my turn came. I didn't know what to say. And so in desperation, I said, what do you think I'll wear in heaven? And they all said with one voice, armor. <laughs> EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria mutual funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com.
Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is on one-sided relationships, those times when we feel resentful because everything, whether it's the relationship tasks or the actual tasks, are being left up to us. How do we respond gracefully? 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Jacob Flores Popchak. He is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com, an expert on the theology of the body, an author and illustrator. Hey, Jacob, welcome more to life. Hey, thanks for having me. So when you have a client who is in a one-sided relationship, whether that's with a spouse or their children or a friend or whoever, what kinds of things do you suggest that they start doing? Well, there's always a million, you know, intermittent factors and contributing elements. So I I don't pretend that the advice I'm about to give is going to solve the issue unilaterally. But I, I will say that this is a really good place to start. I think most of the time when people are in a, find themselves in a one-sided relationship there is at least a component where they have certain unspoken expectations for a relationship that they assume are universal whereas the other person has their own unique set of expectations for a relationship that they assume are universal and so you know maybe i i think well you know a normal person a normal loving person would check in with me throughout the day to see how I'm doing while they're at work, right? And if I believe that that's the case, just to use that as a random example, then I'm going to be really hurt and frustrated if my friend or my partner or whoever it is that I have that expectation of isn't checking in on me throughout the day that way. And because I'm frustrated about that, maybe I'm going to come to them and say, I'm really frustrated that you're not checking in with me. What's wrong with you, right? And then that person is going to get really defensive, because they're feeling like they're being accused of having done something wrong, whereas according to their own standard for what relationships are, they haven't done anything wrong. So now we're just having a conversation about whether they've done anything wrong or not, as opposed to actually having a conversation about meeting my needs. Right? So what we have to do is start using, and nobody likes when I say this, but start using really subjective feelings language as opposed to objective action language. And what that essentially means in short is being able to say to that person not, hey, you violated this objective standard of what I want from you, and therefore you stink. But instead saying, hey, maybe it's just a personal or subjective thing, but I would feel really loved if, to use our example from a moment ago, you checked in with me throughout the day. Or I feel really hurt when blank. If we own the subjective kind of arbitrariness of our needs, ironically, that goes a long way to inviting people to meet them as opposed to putting people in a position where they got to defend themselves from doing something that they didn't do wrong. Well, and as you said, it's the place to start. It may not solve everything, but if you haven't done that, listeners, start there. Jacob, thank you so much for your insights. And if folks would like to learn more about his work, go to catholiccounselors.com. Back in a minute. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. How are we treating God? Are we treating him like a magic wand? a rabbit's foot, only going to him when we need something. The results if we don't stay in a relationship with God, and I know this from personal experience, much of the suffering that I had in my life has been brought on by my own stupid mistakes. We have to have God front and center of our life every day. As Father Michael Schmidt says, we're all called to be saints. We have to stand up and fight. We can't just grab God when we need something. He's not a slot machine. Putting coins in, then pulling the one arm band and expecting to win a big prize. We have to have that relationship with God. 
so we can truly do his will and be truly happy. So follow him, not just once in a while, but every single moment. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. In the midst of our culture today, in this age of relativism, which wants to grant Jesus some significance, but not so much, so we'll give him wise man, great leader, inspiring preacher, great teacher, prophet. You don't get that option when you claim to be God. What reasons do we have to believe that he is who he said he is? And it's important, again, to employ the use of our reason and to understand that faith is not blind. My faith And please, God, the faith of everyone here is not blind. It rests on something. It rests on a number of things, not least of which is my own experience of God, but it also has something substantial which can be claimed through history. We're not talking about a galaxy long, long ago, far, far away when we talk about Jesus. We're talking about a precise moment in history which has been testified to by countless testimonies. And you and I have access to them. Hi there, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Men in general, and fathers in particular, put a tremendous amount of pressure on ourselves. We know that we're meant to lead our wife and children to God. However, many of us weren't raised in homes where this mission was modeled for us. We intuitively know we don't have the first idea how to become the men God wants us to be or how to lead our families to Christ, and it terrifies us. Unfortunately, we often try to cover our ignorance and the fear of our incompetence by setting ourselves up as angry, part-time bacon deities of our household, commanding obedience from everyone around us. But if we fall prey to this temptation, any rebellion we experience on the part of our kids isn't defiance against us. It's actually obedience to the impulse God has created in every one of his children to resist bowing down to any God but him. To learn more about commanding healthy authority as a father, check out my book, Be Daditudes, Eight Ways to Be an Awesome Dad, or visit CatholicCounselors.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled Martha, Martha, as we talk about those times when we feel resentful, when everything falls to us and we're in what seems to be a one-sided relationship, whether that's with our spouse, uh, our kids who, you know, we say, hey, help us pick this up or clean that up or do this or the other. And they just sort of look at us and roll their eyes and then go do what they want. Or it's a friendship relationship where you're the only one who's always calling and reaching out and seeing how they are, but they're never reaching back. Or that person that expects you to drop everything for them every time they need something or need to talk to someone, but they aren't there for you when you need the same thing. You know, as Christians, we're called to give, we're called to, quote-unquote, not count the cost, we're called to be generous to others. But there is a point where our generosity to others stops being generous and starts being enabling and unhealthy and uh, actually enables people in engaging in sinful, destructive, unhealthy things. And, and so what do we do in those situations? Well, we can start by giving us a call here at 877 573 7825. Let us work through graceful responses to those one-sided relationships that you are in in your life. 877 
573-7825. If you're listening later on to the More to Life podcast, you can also shoot us your questions via email. That address always questions at moretoliferadio.com. But we love hearing your voice, so give us a holler, 877-573-7825. Before we go to our next caller, let's give some congratulations that are going out to two more members of the EWTN radio family. His Mercy Radio 107.9 FM in Grants Pass, Oregon, is celebrating nine years with us this week. Oh, and that's not all. Sacred Heart Radio 100.7 in Plainview, Texas, is celebrating, wait for it, 20 years with EWTN. So big old congratulations to Connie Murphy at KJCR and Willie Hernandez at KOLF from your friends here at EWTN. And folks, wherever you're listening, make sure you're supporting your local EWTN Catholic radio station, certainly with your prayers, but also with your financial support. Let's keep EWTN radio going strong for decades to come so that we can keep supporting you in leading a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. Congratulations again to our long-term members of the EWTN family. And we're taking your calls right now at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Do you feel like you're in a one-sided relationship with somebody? Whether you feel like you're always there when they need a listening ear or a helping hand, but you can't really count on them to be there for you? Or you're tired of being the only one who reaches out or is concerned about maintaining a relationship with that friend or that that person, that family member. Maybe you're frustrated because you're the only one who stays on top of the responsibilities either around the house or taking care of that elderly parent or being the person at work who gets dumped on because you're the only responsible one in the office so you end up doing all the extra work. Maybe you feel resentful that you can't get the help or support you need from other people even when you ask for it. What do you do then? Well, let us help you stop feeling used and start feeling like you can be part of healthy relationships where you can give generously and receive back. 877-573-7825. Lisa, earlier you mentioned um, a a phrase that I want to actually unpack a little bit. You you used the term emotional labor. Yeah. And that that is really something that people are just starting to acknowledge, although people have felt it since the beginning of time, which is, you know, we do all the things, you know, especially now people are so good at to do lists and checking everything off. And if I make my to do list, (coughs) excuse me, and I put down all the things that I have to do that day, where I have to go, the projects that I need to get done, the meal that I'm going to make that night. It's, it looks like a certain number of things, but when we really think about it and say, I did these things, why am I so exhausted? For each task that we put on a to-do list, we've gone through a ton of emotional labor. We care about the people that we're serving with those tasks. We think, where do they have to be? What do I have to do? What do I need to buy? That doesn't ever end really on our to-do list, and we feel overwhelmed and exhausted. And when we think about it, sometimes we realize we've done so much more than we've ever put on a to-do list. And when people say, why don't you delegate some of this? That's when we think, because that would take longer to explain and teach them how to do than it would for me to just get it done. And it becomes a vicious cycle of service and exhaustion. Well, there's another another 
piece of this too, you know, so for example, I mean, I see this a lot in, in the marriage work that we do mm -hmm. uh, through pastoral solutions where, you know, and it's usually the husband who, who will say, well, I mean, anytime she asks me to help with something, I'm there. I help. I do the thing she mm -hmm. told me to do. And, you know, uh, and it's not always, it's not always the husband, but often it is. And, um, you know, he thinks that because he's showing up at the last minute to help with the thing, then, then he's, you know, sharing the load. Um, doing the thing is really about five to ten percent of the thing. Like it's it's five to ten percent of the project. The other ninety percent or or more of the project is organizing when it's going to get done, how it's going to get done, mm -hmm. getting the people to show up to do the thing, all those things, making right? sure that it actually got done, following it up to make sure it stays done. All of that is the emotional labor that goes into getting the thing done. And if I'm doing all of that, and then you show up at the last minute to help with the whatever. You know, you're claiming 100% of the credit for 10% of the work. And, and that's, where, that's where the person who is doing that emotional labor ends up feeling resentful even when they're, quote-unquote, getting help. Because they're not really getting the help that they need. They're not really getting the other person to clue in and say, hey, these things need to be done. Let's figure out how to get them done together. Let's make a plan and do that together. And that's sharing the emotional labor as well as the labor that, that actually goes into doing the task. Um, and so, you know, if you're, you know, that, and it's very hard to explain that too, because the, the person who ends up being the hyper responsible one, you know, ends up feeling checkmated because, well, yeah, they do show up for the thing. I guess I don't, what am I complaining about? Why am I so resentful? Well, it's because you're still doing 90% of the work. And a lot of times we don't know how to communicate that in our relationships. Well, let's talk about it. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Do you feel like you're in a one-sided relationship with somebody in your life, and you're not sure really how to make it more mutually self-giving, as the theology of the body by St. John Paul teaches us there's healthy, godly relationships are meant to be? Let's work it out. Let's talk now with Michael, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hi, Michael. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Yes, I feel very one-sided with uh, me and my wife about how we get our kids to to do their chores or uh, and whatnot, uh, clean up and everything. Uh, and uh, so I, whenever I'm, I feel like I'm the one, the more responsible one, and and then I can be the more strict one, and then it, it and then it gets so stressed out that. Um, I get upset uh, whenever I feel that way, and um, whenever I—I've mentioned this to her before, and but I, um, but like lately, um, I just vented out frustration. <laughs> so, um, how can I feel better with this and and communicate better on this aspect? So, Michael, how old are the kids? Uh, they range from um, 13 to, uh, oh, sorry, 12 to, to 2. 12 to and, 2. And how many kids? Uh, six. six. Six children under 12. Yes. Okay. And 
your wife, you know, obviously has a ton going on all day long, just trying to keep everybody safe and healthy and, and moving along and doing what they have to do. Have you, like you say to her, I want the kids to take some responsibility. Have you two come up with a plan of age appropriate tasks for the children? Anything like that? Just so I know where you're at with this or is it just been the kids should take some responsibility. Where are you at with your communication? Uh, we kind of discussed, um, yeah, about, you know, this kid should do the dishes, uh, you know, help clean clear out the dish or um, the oldest one, obviously. Um, and this kid can do sleep and, and help sleep and, and wipe the table or whatever. Um, but now, when you say you kind of discuss it, Michael, is that you and your wife, or have you sat down as a family and said, okay, guys, you know, there, there are six of you under 12. Let's talk about how we're going to keep this place running and come up with a schedule and any anything that, that has trickled down to the children in a meaningful way. Okay. Not as a, as a family. We have individually, uh, me and my wife, talked to individually the kids. They're not like together. Okay. All right. Um, so we're getting 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 some ideas together here. One last question: When you've brought this up to your wife, how does she tend to take it? Does she get defensive? Does she say, "Yeah, I'd love to do that," but or like, what 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 happens when you bring things up? Uh, when it's uh, usually when it, uh, usually no, not defensive or um, whenever it's like you know just let's sit down and talk. But um, I guess in the high stress moments, there's the tag on. Yeah, she has uh, maybe. Uh, has been <laughs> sure. Okay. Well. So. So. Yeah. When. When. If you wait until you get upset about it and you bring it up, then then there's going to be a fight. And that's what most people do. Most of. When I say people, I don't mean you. I mean me. I like all of us. We. We don't bring the thing up until we're so frustrated that the thing hasn't gotten done. Then, uh, and then we're not in a really solution focused mindset. We're just in a how come you don't get anything done mindset. And then everybody gets mad at us, and then we just fight about it. Um, so here's what we're going to suggest to you, Michael. I, and, and first, it would be important to sit down with your wife and, and kind of talk about this. But it, I want you to—I want to frame it all in terms of routines, okay? Because what we—we've lost that sense of the importance of routines. What I mean by that is, you know, for instance, I'm not, I'm not saying do this this way. I'm saying I'm giving examples, okay? So routines would be, you know, hey, we have a certain way that everybody gets ready. For the morning, everybody gets ready for school in the morning, and, and, and we have a certain way as a family that we kind of check up on each other and keep each other on, on task so we can get through the thing. Um, as opposed to saying, "Okay, kids, get ready for school," and then everybody just runs around doing their things, so we feel like we're hurting hurting cats trying to keep up with things. You know, we have a bedtime routine where everybody kind of gets ready for bed at the same time, and we keep track of each other and help each other make sure that we get done at a certain time so we can have family prayer time or family story time or whatever we have a we have a routine where you know tuesdays we do laundry or wednesdays we clean the bathrooms or you know after dinner everybody brings their dishes to the sink and we take turns whatever you see what i'm saying like there's a, a family way a routine that that it's a routine that acts like a river that runs through the household and carries everybody along with the current so that because you do it all the time and you do it this way and everybody just knows that uh you know at dinner time we all pick up the dishes and bring them to the sink and we you know so and so and we work on it together 
and do the thing and whatever. And it's we, we we don't you don't we didn't have to say, hey kids, get up and do the dishes. It's like you just do it all the time. So therefore, it happens. And that it has to be age appropriate, of course. So as you've mentioned, you know, you say, oh well, the older ones. Well, you know, mom obviously needs to connect with the youngest ones at that time of night after the after dinner because kids are starting to get a little squirrely and exhausted. So the routine could be something like mom goes off with the three little ones and the three older ones help dad clean up the kitchen and set it back to rights and get the lunches ready but for I mean, the next day. But even a four-year-old can carry a plate to, to, to you at the sink, right? So it's, everybody it's can be part of it. But it's age-appropriate and working in a way that supports your wife's being able to care for the youngest children and get some time to breathe rather than everybody's going to help mom and making her the drill sergeant. Now, the other part of this, this is how kids actually learn to do chores. And, and the big mistake that we as parents often make is we don't have good routines. We just sort of fly by the seat of our pants and suddenly get fed up that the room hasn't been cleaned or the whatever hasn't, the dishes haven't been done. And then we're like, then we decide on our own that it has to be done right now. And because we don't have good routines in the home, everybody else is like, why does it have to be done now? Like, I don't feel like doing it now. <laughs> but, but if we have good routines, we just know that every day at this time we do this thing and every day this week we do that thing and we, we just care and you just, you just hey guys it's Tuesday it's it's laundry folding night let's do it you know and you get the so you and your wife I want you to sit down and identify some routines that you'd like to establish as a family but then I'd also like you to sit down with the kids and say guys you know what um, we we need to work on being a better team so you know here's what we're gonna do every day you know every day after dinner you know we're gonna do the dishes together um, but here's what everybody's job is, right? And we're going to, you know, or every evening at thus and such o'clock, we're going to have uh, uh, cleanup time, right? Where we pick up toys and put things away as a family and we do it all together. Um, you know, and uh, we're going to, you know, and you and your wife talk about how you're going to handle the morning routine and the bedtime routine. And again, it's not, hey, kids, go get ready for bed. It's we create a routine where we're, you know, moving through things together and staying on top of everybody so that we can make sure that everybody gets done at the same time. And it's important to put in a little bit of positive incentive because nobody wants to just live in a family where it's all about chores and schedules that are grueling. So saying, hey kids, this is the new plan for getting ready for bed or for cleaning up the dishes. If we can all do our part, and now Michael, remember, you and your wife have sat down with them and enumerated what everybody's doing. And you say, you know, you decide how long that should reasonably take with the age and number of your children. But let's just pick a number like 20 minutes. If we can get it all done in 20 minutes, then we'll have story time or we'll have time to play together before we go to bed. If we can't stand task and get it done in that 20 minutes, we won't be able to fit that in. So you're working toward the goal of being closer, more connected, having fun together, not just we got to get the chores done. even while you're doing the chores, make it about the relationship, not about doing the thing. It's it's about you know putting on some fun music while you do the thing, t- making sure you're talking about the day as you do the thing. You know, so you're you're making it more relational, not just let's get this done. You know, all right. So now it's going to feel a little overwhelming at first, um, but this is definitely the way to do it because the other way is going to be ten times harder and ten times more frustrating. If you're struggling with this idea of how do I establish routines now, you know, with six kids and and so far into the relationship. Um, I'm really going to encourage you to join our Catholic home community. If you go to CatholicHOM.com or just download the Catholic HOM app, it stands for Households on Mission. Um, and it's a community of Catholic families just like you that are working together every day and supporting each other uh, and learning how to build a more loving, caring, connected Catholic household. 
Uh, and our whole team of pastoral counselors and family life coaches are on there giving uh, parenting advice, answering questions from subscribers, hosting weekly discussions, and just really in general helping give you the support, every Catholic family, the support they need in building a Catholic household on mission that really takes care of each other, functions as a real team, and celebrates God's love in their home every day. So check it out if you'd like to get more support uh, than we've been able to offer on the call. And again, you can go to CatholicHOM.com or download the Catholic HOM app. The first month's absolutely free. You can check it all out. So, Michael, thank you so much for the call. I hope that these suggestions will get you started. And if uh, there's more that we can do for you, I hope to see you on the Catholic Home app. All right, we are taking your calls about those one-sided relationships where you feel like everything's up to you, whether that's your marriage, your family life, a friendship, extended family, work, you name it. Let us help you find grace-filled responses to those times when it does feel like you're the only one who has to do everything. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Luke chapter 38, verse, excuse me, Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. A woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. You know, when I was mentioning earlier in the program, this sort of sounds like Jesus said, hey, Martha, stop asking for help. Go do the thing by yourself. And that's not at all what he's saying. And if you read any of the commentaries on this, the short version is that what's really being talked about here is the importance of working from love rather than for love. You know, it's fine to do the tasks. It's fine to do the things. But when when the tasks take the priority over relationship uh, and we're doing those things for the love of others, we end up doing them from the wrong place as opposed to feeling this sense of I love you and I want to affirm you. And now let's go. You know, and now the things I do come from that place. You know, it, it enables us to really serve authentically. And that's what Jesus is really talking about here. Root our service in relationship. Root and, and always place relationship first. Not that other things aren't important, but don't get caught, so caught up in the things that we forget about loving the people around us. And sometimes loving the people around us does mean asking for help. And we'll start what we're talking about here today on More to Life. Give us a call at 877. We are the pro-life generation, passionate about building the culture of life in our health care and in our nation. But not all health care options are equally pro-life, and some provide morally objectionable procedures. CMF Curo is different. CMF Curo is a pro-life Catholic health care ministry, providing a pathway for its members to build the culture of life in their health care choices, not destroy it. Learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Right now, as you know, America, Catholic Church, really the Western world, is being shaken. Well, let me read this passage. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 25. We'll go to 29. The writer to the Hebrews says, His voice shook the earth at that time, but now he has promised, I will once more shake not only the earth, but heaven. And that phrase, once more, points to the removal of shaken created things so that what is unshaken may remain. We realize that nothing is fixed. Everything seems to be in flux. And that's the, why God's people need to be immersed in Scripture, because there we come across the 
unchangeable and the unshakable God. Cresta in the Afternoon with Al Cresta for Eastern on EWTN Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Welcome back to More to Life. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, we're talking about one-sided relationships. You know, how do we cope gracefully with those challenges and of course you know that all of those decisions are always rooted in prayer and ewtn offers a variety of prayers and ways to pray to help you meet all your spiritual needs especially during lent and beyond you can learn more about that on the ewtn website go to ewtn.com slash pray ewtn.com slash pray to discover more ways to connect with god and invite the lord into your everyday life Greg, before we uh, take off for the day, we just need to address this one very interesting question from Sarah, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Kentucky. She said, my husband is an all-in fun dad. He plays with the kids who are two, four, and six a lot, including times when I need them to settle down, like before church or before bed or before we go to visit my parents, who are very quiet and formal. But he says he cares about feeling close to the kids and them being happy. I appreciate that, but sometimes I need other things. How do I handle this situation without becoming the negative, wet blanket, grumpy parent? <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you for the question. <laughs> no, right. I mean, it, you, I get it. And this is something we hear a lot of. And sometimes, you know, the dads are trying to connect with their kids and they get them all wound up and then mom has to clean up the mess. So, you know, instead of telling dad, don't do that, that thing that he's doing, what you want to do is work on transitions and timing. You know, so for example, don't don't just say, well, don't play with the kids before church. You know, uh, pick a time when, when you, he can get that time with them and say, look, can we, can we focus on that? Or at bedtime. You know, can we end the playtime with a story or can we end the playtime with some kind of, you know, quieter thing that we all do together? Um, because I'm glad that you're bonding with the kids. I want to encourage that. But I also want to have, you know, not have to come on and start yelling at everybody afterward and wrecking it all for everybody. You can even so, set a scheduled timer. Okay. You guys have a half an hour, 45 minutes to just play with dad and mom can go off and maybe get something, you know, taken care of by herself. And then that alarm goes off and then dad knows it's time to move into story time or cuddle time or singing time, whatever that time is to help them chill out. And you know what? If, if everybody gets to bed 15 minutes later, that's okay, right? Because you you want to just build in that transition uh, to make sure that there's time to kind of 
calm down and and wind down from the from the more you know uh, boisterous play um but but you know it's it's not about saying don't do the things he's doing it's about saying you know let's pick a time when you can do them when they would be appropriate and also let's make sure that at the end of that boisterous time uh, we have some ways to kind of do quieting down and winding down together so that the kids can then move in to the next thing that i need them to do we have more suggestions along those lines in our parent our parenting books parenting your kids with grace and parenting your teens and tweens with grace and also this is the kind of thing we talk about on the catholic home community every day that's catholic households on mission catholic hom.com or download the catholic hom app get daily encouragement direct support get your questions answered from our whole team of family life coaches and pastoral counselors about building a more loving caring connected catholic household on mission download the catholic home app it's absolutely free for the first month. Check it out, catholichom.com, or download the Catholic HOM app, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Have a blessed, blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.